Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast uh, where the ba- brave, the bold, the few, the non-Rosses uh, continue to turn up on a regular weekly basis to talk about movies. Uh, my name's David, uh, and this movie wasn't only forever, bollocks, I fucked that line up. Uh, this movie was Same. only forever, which is not that long at all. This movie <laughs> went on for 50,000 hours. My God. 50,000. It was... Oh, this 50,000 hours watching Labyrinth. This film. My name's Sam, and Jesus Christ, 1980 Sesame Street was weird. <laughs> a lot of Muppets here, to be fair. Uh, There's a lot of Muppets. So this week, Sans Ross, because once again I'm going to shame him on air because he can't get his shit together and turn up for a podcast more than three weeks running. I've had to reset our emergency counter of weeks without flaking out on the podcast to zero again. Um, but this week, we watched the movie Ross recommended, uh, which was Labyrinth, the 1986 uh, David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly and a bunch of fucking puppets movie. I mean, this... Effing film. Have you seen this before? Yeah, so yeah, I'd seen it many, many years ago. Uh, I like this was like a childhood. Film. I think, I think I actually maybe had like a little bit of PTSD from watching this because you see, I just this is this is such an uncomfortable movie. Nicola, my my wonderful wife, actually asked me to turn it off and watch <laughs> it on the laptop because she's I just don't want to look at it. And she was like, I'm getting actually quite, like, it's it's freaking me out, this film, because it is just so unpleasant. This is an unpleasant movie just to look at. and it, It's unpleasant it, on a lot of levels. I mean, if you listen back to our, um, we've done The Muppets twice, in fact, for the podcast. And this isn't technically a Muppets movie, but it's... Um, it's a Muppets movie. I it's mean, a Muppets for all intents and There are Muppets fucking everywhere. It's just, Jesus. it's a Muppets movie without the clout of knowing who the Muppets are. Like, without the clout of already having the Muppets. Yeah, um, where's where's Rizzo? Where's Kermit? Where's Miss Pig? Exactly. That's what I'm asking. There's so many opportunities in this movie where you could have because it's a Frank Oz movie, so you know. Um, but I'd never seen this. I don't know whether, and I hadn't seen the Muppet movie or Muppet Treasure Island either, um, or Muppet Christmas Carol, whichever ones we've done. Like, I don't know what it was. For some reason, in in the in in my household, there were no Muppets, I and I don't know why. Like, I know what the Muppets are, obviously. There will be no Muppets. But through cultural osmosis and we watched all sorts of like shit like really bad really like well you know it's it's crappy easy 90s ex- cartoons but it's we just, for some reason isn't it we just it, never it, watched the sim- muppets yeah it's simply that you didn't have that on dvd you know or so dvd video video you didn't have it on video that's we don't you don't have we didn't have i think it all goes back every... to um when i was until i was seven we spent quite a lot of time like abroad uh, my dad was in the army so like basically you've got like a closed circuit um tv network on the camp or you did it you did 30 years ago um yeah. on the camp so you watch what's on that and that's it so then we hadn't watched the muppets so we came back to the uk and we didn't watch the muppets because we didn't know what the muppets were because <laughs> we hadn't watched it you missed the muppets until the early 2020s when you were educated by your superior again yeah and group. um and i enjoyed one of them I liked Muppets yes. Treasure Island. I didn't like. Fair. I hated this, and I didn't Fair. really like Muppets Christmas Carol. Christmas Muppets Carol. in Space. Uh, that, 
you know, maybe I could get into that. I've not seen no, it. No, that's but... terrible. Muppets Manhattan, terrible. The Muppets, <laughs> terrible. All terrible. The only two good ones are those ones. And Treasure Island is by a long way. Anyway, this is the Muppets cast. Let's talk about Labyrinth. I mean, it, it basically is the Muppets cast. I'm going to I'm gonna read uh, a plot summary and then I'm going to read a... <laughs> is it the 700-word plot summary from Wikipedia? No, it's not. Here we go. I'm going to read this one and then an alternative plot summary that I've written. 16-year-old Sarah is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother Toby when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the Goblin King Jareth. I mean, <sighs> just so much madness to unpack there. My, um, uh, well, is it a summary? Is it just a statement? The absolute fever dream car crash extravaganza of madness that is this movie. And that is the only way I can describe it. That's the only way I can describe it because I don't... I, I really like fantasy movies. I like the whole... I like weird movies as well. I like movies that have, like, Terry Gilliam just strangeness. I'm all up for it. I'm all up for it. But this movie, this fucking movie, is, as we said, it's upsetting. It's an upsetting movie to look at. It doesn't look nice. There's nothing visually appealing about it. The story is creepy as fuck all the way through. And, it's, and, then this, and the story's boring, Sam. The story boring. is boring. There isn't a character in this movie, basically. Like, no, and and I, and I think I just really, I really am um, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that this has now been reassessed as, as some cult classic, you know, it, but, uh, which I think is only because David Bowie's in it. And it really, it, hold on, hold on, because I've, there's a wider point here that I think is a thread that goes through the rest of our discussion. But I think this really is a uh, product of the nostalgia factory. That we, 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 there is nothing new. There is no originality. There is nothing that we can offer um, culture anymore. So what we do is we, we just go back to the 80s. We go back, and we do it all the time as well. We're, we, we're, we're perpetrators of it. But we go back to former movies that we kind of liked when we were kids, maybe, and we reassess them and we, we, we dig them up and we fucking somehow turn them into something that's relevant. This is a movie that should be just deeply forgotten for for the rest of time. It's a um it's a baffling movie. Um and I mean that in uh not in the way that the movie, the plot in the movie is baffling, which it sort of is, and the, the plot movements and what's going on and the themes. All of that is very baffling. What I mean is baffling is that... Um, and I'm going back to Muppets. I really am here. Now, actually, let's, let's give this, you know, give this, um, give this movie some flowers. The, technically, this is an astounding achievement. Like, I really do think the puppeteering in this movie is... oh. It's amazing. Frank Oz knows what he's doing, right? He can make a Muppet move like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. I really... The look of the movie is, like, it's just brown. Like, if I was, if I was to assign <laughs> it... Br- if I was to assign it a colour palette, <laughs> it's brown. Like, the whole, there is, love- there's no colour in this movie, and it fucking... Like, it, it struggles for that. Everything is sackcloth, the whole movie. I would love to do, like, an average colour... Um, temp- you know, colour mapping of this. Just, what is the, what is the average colour? I mean, most... Colors brown, would turn brown. up in brown. It would be brown, but it's gonna be brown, isn't it? It's gonna be like gonna a be really brown. shitty yeah. brown all the way through because there's just nothing. There's nothing to look at. There's no joy. There's but no lightness in this movie. That's it's fine. Just... We've watched good movies that like lots of sword and sandals movies that are like very brown as well. Like, 
and that's fine. I think I, that can be compelling. And I've watched, you know, there's a real um, Alice in Wonderland sort of theme to this. I think they don't mm-hmm. quite, they don't land at all, but you can see what they're going for. But it's kind of like a let's pull a pin in David Bowie just for a minute, right? Because that's a elephant in the room. But we will circle back to it. Um, but this is a movie that um, Jim Henson uh, and George Lucas um, were heavily involved in. Of course. Of course it's George fucking Lucas. Of, of course, course it, it is. is. Uh, which you may have been confused because it's not as overtly racist as you would expect from a George Lucas picture. Um, I kept saying it's Frank Oz earlier, by the way, when I was talking, and I didn't mean Frank Oz. Well, Frank Oz, Oz is involved Jim in this Henson. as well. Was he? Oh, good. I don't sound yeah. like a total, total idiot and then. We do now. But uh, Brian, yeah, Brian Henson was involved in this, and, um, and Jim uh, Henson though. Jim Henson as well was yeah. So the whole the whole fucking lot of them, the, all of them. I mean, te- written by Terry Jones of Monty Python fame, and he wrote it like quite you know in the early eighties, and then it was consumed by <laughs> the the Hensons and George Lucas who just who adapted it and turned it in and he and Jones even said like this is it's unrecognizable to what I yeah. wrote you know and well, the core, there were millions of scripts revisions the core concept and- though like let's let's break that down for a minute so the core concept of the movie which is that four reasons let's leave the baby out of a movie because babies in movies are just the worst oh. um but four reasons Jennifer Connolly has to go into this labyrinth she's got 13 hours to get to the middle of it we can have a fun trippy weird like slightly unnerving and worrying and like sometimes adorable and sometimes frightening um and all of those things alice in wonderland type story which i really do think the original must have been closer to like this kind of like weird introspective kind of like fever dream like this movie already is but with a point and it's saying something and it's also fun maybe a bit of fun in this movie would really really punch it up a little bit um which is a movie about muppets and it's not fun um <laughs> every character in this there were two actors in this movie and everyone else is a puppet um and it's not fun and um maybe if you could do all of that like you'd have quite a compelling story because it's you've set up your ticking clock like literally your ticking clock good uh i think that you have the goblin king Fine. Again, circling back to Bell. Yeah, we have to. We. I mean, yeah. Okay. We'll talk about him in a minute, but let's let's talk about the actual like basis of this story. I think Connolly mm-hmm. is fine in this. I really do. I, um, I. 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 No. I. I think she. Well, we can. Yeah. I think she's great actually, yeah. considering she's fifteen or whatever. Given nothing. Yeah. She's given nothing. Um, she has but, to act with all these fucking puppies. Every year. <laughs> I know. She's doing. She's actually doing a really remarkably good job considering her age and experience yeah. and all that. Yeah. But. Ultimately, that I think the movements of the plot of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong or if I've missed anything because I did fucking go into like a comatose state for large chunks of this movie. We have the stuff at the house. Uh, we have the subversion at the very beginning, which I liked, uh, where she's in the park reciting lines, and you think that's the movie, and then she has to go home with the dog. That's funny. I, I liked that. You've got the Back to the Future bit where she's late for school. Uh, late, sorry. Says, it's seven o'clock. I'm late for school. Uh, I liked that, and then. The brother goes missing, and that's like a big head scratcher, like there. Yeah. And then she's in the labyrinth. She's literally just wandering around, uh, like she's in a fucking shopping center that's closed. Um, <laughs> you have the 
oubliette scene you've got the hands you've got the puppets at the doors you've got her mate riding the german shepherd and the big bear guy which Ugh. felt that which felt very monty python when they meet the guy on the journey on the on the collie or the retriever or whatever it was the dog um and then you've got that and then we have but again none of it's interesting there's never any threat there's never any um tension there's no conflict in this movie no but let's go back to you let's go back to i'd I'd like to talk through all of these all of those things that you mentioned all of them (laughs) i'm glad you've got a bit of a handle that because this movie just just i'm trying to just like plot it out because you have i know because it's a really difficult movie to talk about in so many senses but what i want to what i want to just drill in on for a second is like the, the 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 premise of the movie the premise of of we've got this teenage girl Jennifer Connelly doing a, Connelly doing a great job, fine. And like, what's her deal though? This is the thing. I just, what's her deal? What does she want? And what does she dislike? And kind of like, I need to know a little bit more about her because at the start of the movie, yeah, we get a little bit where she's acting and then she runs home and and you think, oh, this is going to be like a oh this robert zemeckis ish type of running around and oh i'm late for school and ah, oh, you know ah, oh, you crossed the old dean all of that is there's a possibility of it there's even a kind of feel of like hook to this where you know the end of uh, the end of hook when smee is the the chip is the is sweeping up yeah the uh um well, the, the rubbish what it is, and, and, you Sam, think, and i don't think it sells it very well is the start of this movie especially it's like this fantastical it is Alice in Wonderland it is it's this fantastical going into this imagined world and especially like it's, the movie never outright states it but it's her imaginary world she yeah. has imagined all of this but but the problem i have is that the the way the way that we get there is so fucking uninteresting like she wants rid of this baby cuz babies are annoying I mean that's as far as it goes. We we get nothing. We get nothing to say, like you know. There's a little bit. Oh, you don't care about me and blah blah. But there's no conflict between the. There's not any conflict or even a proper relationship between Toby the baby and. It feels like uh, I, read, I was reading some of the trivia for this. Um, it feels like a lot of this is cutting room floor stuff, where in the original script, say original script, I think if you filmed these scenes. Um, and there's still some sort of like uh, relics of it scattered throughout this movie. I think the general idea, we've established that she's got a stepmom. The general idea is that the mum isn't dead, which you just assume in a movie when there's a stepmom, you assume the mum's dead. Uh, the mum has run away with somebody else, another man, who is, and there's a photo in the background somewhere here, who is David Bowie. Who so is that's David why Bowie? that's why he's the Goblin King, right? So, but the movie doesn't ever state. We never told this. You never told it. You never told any of it, and it's such a weakness because if you establish that this is her imaginary universe, and suddenly it's real, then you could be like, "Well, is it real or is it not? Or is this like a?" And I think that's maybe what the the Terry Gilliam script, Gilliam, um, Jones, Terry Jones script, Terry Jones. Like, I think that's probably closer to this sort of thing where you're thinking, "Is it real? Is it not real? Is it an expression of like?" Yeah. Uh, so, mental anguish like you have all of that let's, but the movie just has stripped it all out let, let's fix the movie as we go though right because what do we need then what do we need is i've got we a, need some ca- go on hold on hold on because i think we need some kind of mystic we need like an old wise man you know she she's upset because 
no one pays attention to me and everyone's all about the baby and it's really hard and you my mum's run I've got this stepmom stepdad blah 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 all of that don't tell us don't tell us it's uh, David Barry yeah that's fine and she runs off she storms out of the house and what does she do she, she meets some old crone you know here comes uh, Obi-Wan to talk through and give us a bit of exposition time the make a wish machine in big you want something like that exactly and then and then what we get is now if you want if you know if you if you want things to be how you want them and all you have to do is say i wish i wish i wish or whatever it is they say in the movie and, and what we get is none of that we get okay she's kind of upset and there's a baby that's crying this fucking crying baby oh my god 45 minutes of the movie and this baby crying it, which is really exploitative, actually, and there's some uh, good quotes coming back to you later. But just to, just to get this point out, instead what we get is a very basic introduction to this character, and then we get these the, out of nowhere these muppets, <laughs> these just these, and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm so, what the fuck are we watching? Who is? Are they there in the room? Is this like? Is this a, so? The, 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 there's just none of that. There's none of that storytelling. There's none of that building to the point where you accept the premise of the movie. And this is my biggest problem: is that I don't accept any of this. I don't accept it. Like, it's I, the, you have not bought me in. You have not given me a ticket and sat me down and said, "Strap in, you got two hours." I just don't yeah, accept any of this. It's the the failure of the movie, Sam. Is that you've got the quite dark nature of. You know, and I meant to mention when we were watching it, it's the Home Alone, I wish my family didn't exist thing, which is basically what she does with the baby and then the baby's gone. But like, you've got the quite dark nature of that, of like, I fucking, you've ruined my life, This I don't like this new family and all of that. Again, the movie doesn't do any fucking footwork on, legwork on building that up. But anyway, like I said, you're building that up that she hates her family and she she uses this, um, this world she's imagined as an escape, like traditionally as an escape from... A miserable, you know, unhappy childhood because, you know, parents have disappointed her in that. You know, that's a tale as old as time in Hollywood. Now, the baby goes, and that's all quite dark. That's all quite, like, angsty and quite grim and quite, like, what's, you know. What's happened to the baby? But, like, where is it? What, they that's gonna, fine. That's fine. It? I think that would be a really compelling thing in a movie. But then you cut to these Muppets literally farting and laughing and cackling, and you're like... And you've lost me. It was interesting for about half a second, and now it's Muppets, and it's like you have not established a movie in which the antagonists can be the king of the Muppets. It, 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 you're exactly right. The tonal the tonal changes in this. A little bit of trivia. David Barry read the script initially, and they had it, they had him on board, and he was like, and it, it really was close to walking away because he didn't think it was funny enough. He didn't like you know they. they it was too, it was too like. I mean, fucking nineteen eighties fantasy movies are just all like this, aren't they? They're just all like this. June, yeah, yeah. everything. It's all just like, oh god, someone throw a pie. So I get it, I do get it, but also, did you think this was funny? I don't. No, I think he's trying to be funny. The, f- I don't the think fucking it is. worm, the worm, the, the 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 northern the northern fucking Macclesfield worm. I mean, what the shit is happening? What is going on? Now, I, you keep going back to Alice in Wonderland. I think that's really fair. And I think that's what they're going for. Wizard of Oz. They've all said this. But the problem is, is that you have in those movies and in, 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 in those stories, you have like 
some decent storytelling. You have the you understand when Dorothy goes in, you know, when she, when she's exploring Oz, she's doing it for reasons that we connect to, reasons that we understand her motivation, that that she wants to find a, you know, get home, but then she also has these friends that she meets along the way, and she wants to help them and get a heart and all that stuff. It's great storytelling. It's really, really good storytelling because you understand each step of the journey is for a reason. But but other than to try and get this baby that she doesn't like back, this fucking crying baby that's so fucking annoying, stop crying, stop making this baby cry. You know, it's just, like, there's no there's no connection. I, I don't connect to her. I don't connect to her as a character. Connolly's doing a great job, but I don't connect to this character. I don't understand her decision-making. I don't understand... The, the the Goblin King's decision making in any way whatsoever. Like this character is. Do you think that we? There's two things here. So number one, do you think that to understand the Goblin King's character, we just need a scene where there's a compelling reason why you need a baby, a human baby, because he's surrounded <laughs> by these Muppets. Like it literally could be like I need an heir, but right? He, he it literally could, could be yes, as simple yes, as I that. Like I need an heir to secure whatever. Like because I'm the Goblin King and this is the Goblin Prince. Like we found prophecy him, sir. We found the something. perfect baby. And also, I I really do think while Connolly's doing a good job, I think she's she needs to be younger or she needs to be older. One of the two. Yeah. Like, and obviously chronology working, obviously you get a different act actor, but like I think she needs to be eleven or twelve, and then you can be that character who's full of wonder and scared of things that aren't scary to us adults, but you can be scared of things that are scary to kids. But she's fifteen, sixteen, she shouldn't be scared of these Muppets, and she's not. Um no. And then, or she's older, and what it is, is this is a, and you could have a classic thing here, where the movie is her remembering things about this imaginary universe that she invented. Because she's 18, 19, she's forgotten, but she finds herself in this Alice in Wonder situation. But she knows, do you know what I mean? And she's like, oh, you're such and such, and you can subvert that a little bit, or have it be more realistic and more grim, and her being like, I made you up, you're not real, I imagined you, you know, like like an imaginary friend type thing, which has been done before, but I think that would be way more compelling, and like give this character something to fucking like, do you know what I mean? Like, how do you direct her, this character? You're bored. You're horribly bored. You're bored. You're horribly <laughs> bored. Brown, beige, boredom. Here comes David Bowie. Oh, God. Um, you want to totally fuck him? Right. And what? Yeah, you want to fuck him? Yeah. Great. Yeah, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. It's <laughs> fucking weird. Oh, God, it's so, it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. It's Again, so though, like, and it's still not great, but if she's 18, 19, you can suddenly have all that, and it would make loads more sense. You know? Yep, I, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think, you, you know what you do? You have to give her a connection to the world. You have to give her a connection that she... There must be a reason that she's ploughing forward. Quite chipper most of the time. Quite happy. I'm know, willing. Confident. I'm willing to bet, Sam, from what I've read, that the original script kind of had a heavy like setup of this being her own imaginary world. Because it's kind of implied. Yeah. And like I said, about well, there is a picture of David Bowie and her mother, I think, somewhere. Yeah, and there's like, a picture of the... All um, the... Of the of the Escher staircase. Yeah, and um, all the animals, all her, like, her mates, are all like teddy bears in her room. So, like, yeah. that is, it's all there, but they just threw it away. And at the end of the movie, the end, the, the, the final scene of the movie is her saying, I want my friends. And yeah. all of her friends appear and they have a great fucking, like, okay, fine, they have a big party, everything's good, and finish the movie. So, 
you're totally right that that has to be it. But there's there's nothing. There's no suggestion of that. There's no suggestion of that. That's clear enough anyway to give us um, a, a decent setup for this film. Now, let's try and meet ourselves. Let's just not rant entirely at this movie. Let's 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 try and find. Let's. Oh, there's a few things actually. Like so. Um... This movie often gets touted as like, like you said, kind of like a, a fever dream that's creepy and dark, and it's not. Uh, fever but, dream, car crash, extravaganza of madness is what I say. Yes, which is all fair. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I think a lot of people watch this as like. Now again, it's it's weird to separate because I don't have any nostalgia for this, obviously, uh, because I only watched it last night. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's it's not really long enough to build up nostalgia, even if I had like. <laughs> yeah, give it five years, maybe you'll come back and. Yeah, maybe, and you never know. If I watch this again, I might maybe appreciate it more. But the things that I did appreciate were um, a lot of the puppetry. There was one scene I found. There was a scene with the hands. The hands when she's. Oh. I found that incredibly, like unsettling. I think is the word I would use. Um, but I will say that that's an effective scene because of that, because it was unsettling. But, but, you are right. It is, and I think like it's greatly designed. I mean, there's like a hundred and I think seventy five people. Yeah, in a big Sam. This is why tower. puppeteers aren't allowed to make movies usually. Like this is why. Exactly. This is Say why no because this Who is what they this? do. This is what it's, they will do to your movie. It's madness. It's but it is really cool. It's really ten cool million dollars to make puppets. <laughs> it's a thirty foot. Um, it's twenty. This is twenty-five million dollar movie, by the way. I'm just gonna confirm that number because it seems really high. Nope, that is correct. Um, <laughs> and you've it, only got two it, actors, so the rest is on puppets. Literally, <laughs> the rest is puppets. Shitty, shitty, like what looks like nineties video game sets and 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 puppets. Sorry, sorry. This this tower, thirty foot tower, with Connolly dangling in it, and these hands. Some of them rubber, some of them humans. Seventy-five people. Now, this to me, it, it really kind of sums up the movie in a lot of ways because it is, it's function over form. Like, it, it, what is what is the purpose of this? Yes, it's creepy. Yes, it's unsettling. But what is the storytelling element of this? Because all I got from it was just being utterly kind of revolted and a bit creeped out. And also, like, it's the maybe first hint of the weird sexual stuff in this film. Well, it the is. Weird... I would say, Sam, that it's... Like, what's going on with this? Is this the reason right? it doesn't work is because if the tone of the film was a bit more, like... Um... Whimsical. This isn't a perfect... No, this isn't a perfect one-to-one. But you remember Beetlejuice and how... Yes. That's a movie that's quite uncomfortable and a bit, like... Not quite scary as such, but the character's scared. Like, the little girl, she's scared. And... Because it's scary, you know, not in like in a you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre way, but in like a a weird kind of like odd, like otherworldly way, which I think this scene with the hands definitely is. In a movie like Beetlejuice, I think this would be like a terrifying, really effective scene that's really well done. Uh, but because it has to be funny, uh, it's nothing. You're telling Jennifer Connelly, she's like there, she's being groped by all these hands and she's having like a perfectly like, uh, oh yeah, well I went to the bank on Tuesday and uh, I took some money out and they gave me tens when I wanted twenties. Like it's the most bored, like and again, this is the direction, the direction in this movie, as much what? as I think she's doing a good job interacting with these puppets, I don't think she's doing a good job emoting because I don't think the direction is good enough to say how she should be, be feeling other than bored and like, 
idly confused, but not overly curious about what all these puppets are doing and who they are. Yeah, or not overly, overly worried. Conf- or overly confident, which is what... I mean, it's great, you know, strong female character's good, but she's 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 too confident because it takes away all of the, the threat. This should be a fucking... This should be a, a horrifying hellscape of a scene where these hands are just everywhere with their horrible faces and it's great it's great puppeteer and it's great acting it's technically great technically acting. it's really really impressive the different like the whole movie of the kind of is technically impressive it really is it really is and it's what's so annoying is because you you've wasted it you've wasted it now we'll come back to it i don't want to overblow it you know two white guys talking about this type of stuff is not that appropriate but I'm not the only one who just got a, a weird creeped outness by like Connolly and David Bowie's, but later on, some of the last lines of the movie are just a fucking. Do you know like, what it is, Sam? It's, what again? It's really, really poorly established what Bowie wants. Like, it's not even exactly. really established that he's a bad Does guy. Does he want a bride? Because nothing bad. Does he want nothing bad's happening to this character? Like to Connolly, really? I mean, she's not getting to the center of this labyrinth, but. Also, they kind of abandoned the idea of a labyrinth fairly early. Um, oh, yep. <laughs> Did you, you know, I hated. I hated. I it really. It really pissed me off. The line from the worm. This worm. Oh my god! I'm gonna be seeing this worm in my sleep. The worm <laughs> says, "Oh, don't go that way." And she says, "Oh, thanks." And goes the opposite way. And then he says to no one in particular. Other than, and there's so much of this movie, like, who am I talking to? Because there's no one else here. She says, oh, if she'd went that way, it would have taken her directly to the castle, which is where she needed to be. And it's one of Again, those lines, it's like... stop trying to make this movie funny. You're trying to force humour, and it's not. Stop stop trying to make it funny, and also, like, stop, stop fucking annoying me. Stop, <laughs> stop trying to wind me up, because that's what you're doing as a movie. You, you, it's, that line is there, literally just to, it's not, the character doesn't hear it. It's just for us. Do you and know it's just annoying because you think, oh, well, she could have just gone that way and, like, that would have been easy. Like, it's just annoying. It's like in video games where you, here we go, you go through a cave system and you come out of the cave. and the, Right you know, next to the, where you went the, in. Right next to when you went in. In Skyrim, every fight, and you're like, so I just, and obviously I couldn't reach it because it's up high, but I just did all that, lost all those fucking lives, potions, whatever. And it was right there the whole time. You bastards. Yeah, but that's a that's a different that that Sam. Is I know, a, but it's annoying. It's a gameplay technique to save you time. This movie isn't interested in saving you time. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, um, God, I like, like I agree. Film. I agree. There's some like creepy vibes in this movie, and it's and there's lots of annoying stuff. Now, the bit with the doors, where one of them, and I both love and hate stuff like this, but this movie doesn't do a good job of this where one of them can only tell lies and one of them could only oh. be truthful right did you understand what was happening at all no you no, I didn't. and i are two men in our 30s two men with degrees in our 30s right i'd say i'm not stupid but apparently i'm much much <laughs> much thicker than jennifer connelly in this movie like <laughs> would it have been the worst thing in the world to take 25 more seconds to explain why she's good at this riddle. I mean, she just solves it because she's a bit... She kind she's, of is a Mary Sue in this movie. Like, she's a Mary Sue. She knows shit. everything. She knows everything. And, and she's confident. And, and she resolves this riddle so quickly that I don't, I'm left not understanding what has happened. <laughs> other than that she's cleverer than these things. And I'm like, am I as stupid as these Muppets on the doors? <laughs> 
Yes. Can we figure it out right now? So what what was it? One one can only tell the truth, and one yes. So if you ask, can only so lie. she asked one of them, the one on the left. She said, "If I asked the other puppet, okay. would he tell me that that's the right door?" Now, if he says yes, he would tell you that his door was the right door. Then. It's the door behind the puppet she's just asked because the puppet she's talking to can only tell lies, right? Okay. Because if he'd said, no, the other puppet will tell you it's not the right door, that would be the lie which would have meant that was the door, right? That's right. fine, but it's not phrased in a way. I bet there was a load of writers sat around fucking wanking over how clever this was. <laughs> how right? clever they are. Fucking, I don't know what, but that's my favourite like uh, joke we always say is like a writer's room where they're all just like around wanking over how clever they are. Because um, it happens all the time. Uh, writer's rooms near you. It smells much worse than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like, it's taken us, Think I had to sleep on that, Sam, and then discuss it with <laughs> I, I, you live on air. I don't really still understand it. I'm going to be quick. <laughs> it's like Bolger counting beans. Exactly some beans. Like it's that. some beans. <laughs> it's beans. Oh, some beans. So it. You, you know, you you said you needed 25 seconds. You really, that's what they need. That's what they need to do. Now, let, let's let's just let's just put let's just go back a step though and remember this is a movie for children. This is a you. This is a a completely. <laughs> This is a fucking you, by the way. Is like, it a children hands, for, a movie for children, Sam? Is it though? Those ha- those hands alone are enough to give my son nightmares. One hundred percent, they would give him nightmares. I imagine this is going to trigger <clears> a lot of kids who've been mistreated. Like honestly, like I think this is never a deeply never troubling movie for a lot of reasons. This poor baby who spends the whole who who are these who's, where are the parents? Uh, he parents, was the baby. son He's... of one of the production people, I believe. Oh, that makes reading. sense. And there we go. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, fucking take so, my baby, chuck him on the set. I don't care. I mean, take drag on cigarette. Right? I'm on union time. <laughs> it's fine. About it's time the, my um, seven month year seven month old son started earning his keep. The the, the there's a bit. Um, I think it was Siskel said like the, the fact that they use the crying baby is just lazy because it's annoying. And it's just, you don't... But it's, it, it goes on for so long. And maybe I'm just a bit Again, sick of crying babies. Again, a big fix, easy but fix, Sam. Fuck. Make this kid five or six, right? Then, Total David Bowie can... And I hesitate to use the word grooming with this movie, but he can start essentially grooming this kid to be the Goblin Prince. And the kid can be into it. Yeah. He can be understand it enough to be, I want to be the Goblin Prince. And like actually, him, he agrees like to Hook. go. Right, and then Jennifer like Connelly can be. I've got to go and get my brother, right? Who is an actual person, not just a screaming shit monster. Don't listen to him, Toby. You remember, remember, like all of this. I mean, there's so much potential there. There's then so actually, you've put put an arc in where the end of this movie can be two characters having like a, you know, actually maybe we've developed a bit of respect for one another. You know, and we've we've discovered that we do in hey, fact love each other. You're not so bad, kid. Exactly, you know, like, exactly. Yeah. But guess what, Sam? We're gonna have a baby with absolutely no characterization or personality because it's a baby. That is expressly annoying in in a way that is I nearly turned it off. I, when that baby was screaming, I was like, Do we mute, do we have to watch mute. this? Are we having to watch in, this in, movie? In a way annoying in a way that is literally biologically programmed into our brains to be annoying. I mean, that's why babies cry. 
because we can't fucking annoy uh, we can't ignore it you have to do something about it yeah. pick me up you know like ah oh. the, the, the other thing is the rest of the ensemble as it were uh, <laughs> I think you need to have some human beings going along with Connolly. I think she needs someone to talk to that isn't some fucking ugly ogre or whatever the shit hog face is or whatever like I think we need another character in there. We need either a younger character or we need an older character. Maybe we need like a lost boy type thing, you know, someone who's been who's been stuck there for many years who can come out and actually there's perhaps then a little bit of like more age-appropriate relationship, you know, thing going on there where they can hold hands that and it'd so be I all nice. Like literally, literally for this movie, you just need another just human give- face. Like just for, give us humans, for, please. Because it's a lot. You're asking a lot for Connolly to interact with these puppets. Because Bowie doesn't really interact with the puppets a lot. It's not even so much. It's not even so much the interaction. It's it's literally for me. It's <laughs> it's for me as an audience member to have another human being that I can like attach uh, emotion to. Because I just these the, the, these fucking um, muppets. They're either wisecracking. Or farting and giggling, or they're a bit like animalistic and like the big, the big guy, the big thing, whatever that is. I mean, disgusting model, just terrible. And I'm just like, I don't care. I don't connect to this. I don't connect to you. I, you know, I don't. I don't look at you like I look at the Wizard of Oz, the the lion, or the Tin Man, or, or the Scarecrow. Like, where... like Sam, you look at if it was Muppets, if it was actually the Muppets. Suddenly, who, if it's Kermit the have... Frog, like suddenly you're more interested. If it's oh, Miss look, Piggy, Rizzo and Gonzo, the narrators, and exactly, Miss Piggy exactly. And, yeah. You can have Gonzo and Rizzo along. They can, and suddenly you've got a much more engaging movie. Um, but it, it feels like Jennifer Connelly is just awash in a sea of puppets, and it's like it's I couldn't, she's I couldn't, in these horrible, I couldn't care less. In these brown sets. sets, brown, full of sets. full of full of fake smoke and polystyrene, and and fake trees, and when you and when you go and look at the trivia and they, t- they talk about the production, it is. I mean, it's all in studios, it's all studios, and it's all fake, and it doesn't feel it's like someone. Give me a it's feel. Because you wrote Jim Henson a fucking blank check, basically, and said like twenty five. Hey, you're a guy who's renowned for making puppets. Like, do you want twenty twenty five million dollars? Yeah, great. What are you gonna spend it on? Well, I thought I'd get a nobody teenage star. Uh, one big megastar to get people into the audience and spaff the other $23.5 million on puppets. Yeah. Um, Return of Jedi, another Lucasfilm in Speaking of heinous puppets. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of heinous George Lucas movies. Speaking of racist uh, George Lucas movies. <laughs> you mean all, all of his movies. Um, that had a budget of $32 million, right? Which is quite... It, that's quite a lot. It's quite low, really, for that movie. But because of ILM, they were able to like do quite a lot. That was, you know, it's all built there for yeah, um, yeah. Star Wars. It just run, they just kept running, and so it's fine. But we're talking so twenty five is 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 quite a lot, then, isn't it? It's yeah. quite a lot, you know. And it's no wonder this was a box office flop because of all the things we're talking about. But also. Like they invested an awful lot in this movie, and I can't imagine. I I just want to know who was a, who, who wrote these checks, who thought, yeah, this is good well, because it, it's classic it, Hollywood it, of like 
The Muppets was really successful. Obviously, the Jim Henson Company coming off Star Wars as well. You've got Yoda in that, and and you know puppets are big, big in the eighties, as big as they they ever were. Really, this this Muppety puppet thing, and like yeah. they can be really, really, really effective in a movie, even when they're not Muppets. Even just puppetry. I'm all, I'm a big proponent of puppetry in movies. I think it's phenomenally clever, and when it's well done, I think it can be. You know, you can have scary characters. You can have funny characters. You can have this implied threat, even though, like, you can tell it's a puppet. But in this, it's kind of like a... Right, well, Jim Henson's obviously a fucking... Well, dead now, obviously, but obviously an absolute fucking maniac for puppets. Obviously really into puppets. You give him all this money, he's just going to spend it on puppets and pay loads of puppeteers because he knows them all. And, like, you're going to have the biggest fucking you know, puppet production ever, and then the rest of it's going to be an afterthought. And this is that's what this movie is. Is, like, yeah. even the sets, because all the money goes into the the, pup, the Muppets, the puppets, I think are all actually really good quality as a rule. And I think most of them are quite well puppeteered as, as well, obviously. Um, but they just obviously didn't have any money left over to actually spend on sets. I would be interested to know how much they spent on... Um... Did you notice the CGI in this movie? There was a little bit, yeah. The owl. Absolutely. Well, the owl. This was the first, Sam, the first feature film to have CGI in it. Wow. Um, Is that that true? Which is why it looks like shit. Um, Yeah, (laughs) that's that's true. This was the first um, feature-length theatrical release movie to to use CGI, um, which is why it looks like trash. Um, It does. And you kind of forgive that, but then then knowing what was to come, what, what was coming... And excuse me, I'm gonna. Sam has pressed the uh, cough button. That was two sneezes. Apologies um, for that. Knowing what's coming, it was just like, oh god. (laughs) As soon as 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 I saw it, I had a flashback to, oh god, this film. I knew nothing about this movie uh, other than, like, in my head, it was scary. Not scary, but creepy. And, like, I watched scary and creepy movies when I was a kid. This this wouldn't have been one of them. This would have been like a. I was bored. I was I was, and you know that's the most unforgivable <laughs> crime of a movie, and yes. like Ross had initially suggested we watch was it eight pound the the M M&M and M biopic eight mile eight mile sorry, um the M M&M and M biopic <laughs> eight, eight pound I don't fucking know man. Do you that's know what the Stoke version? That's a Stoke. Do you know what? I guarantee I would have been less bored by that movie. Like I'm just gonna say it. I would have well, been you know less you know bored the by reason. That. The reason I suggested, oh, I was like, oh no, because I just, you know what? We watched a good movie last week. I, I, I just want something light and fun. And then he said, <laughs> "This is what like, you get." <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yes, that's exactly the type of podcast movie that we need. We can really trash it, and it'll be funny, and it'll be a laugh. And Ross is expecting and you were expecting a willow with puppets, weren't you? Exactly, and was, that would have well, been great. And there's a great example of 1980s trash fantasy, also involving George Lucas. But it wasn't boring. It wasn't boring, and it was also just a bit nicer and lighter and funny. And I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to just jump out of a window because this is just so weird. It's so weird. No, but the trouble is, Sam, it's not even, it's not even so weird that that is the movie, it being weird and unsettling and uncomfortable. It totally shifts all over the place um culminating yeah. i think in the uh i will say actually sorry i really enjoyed the escher bit uh, i think as a, as a set i thought that was very clever um as we're saying the last nice things about this movie um yes 
and and there are a lot a lot of the stone faces i thought they were amazing just from like a production point design point of view and how like they were changing and then and then this movie the fucking tension killer that every single scene is in this stupid Hogwarts thing, whatever. Notice Hogwarts? Little, uh, yeah. You stole that fucking round, didn't you? Whatever the shitty name is of this horrible Hog- creature. Hoggle? Hoggle? Uh, who cares? It. They just decide to make a joke. He he makes a joke out of these, of these cool, uh, stone face things, and they just they and they just, you know what? It just. It just ruins it. It just ruins it. And it's like every single thing in this movie is just ruined by the horrible dialogue and the total lack of of actually wanting to tell a story and not just show off your good puppets and have a laugh because it, it, almost in a Jar Jar Binks esque uh, effort to keep the fucking kids on side. You know that's. Do you know what the the even even weirder thing in this movie, Sam is? There's almost no singing. You've got David Bowie. Why isn't 45 minutes of this movie him singing? What I mean, he, he, he sings like three lines and then the scene changes. It's like, no, give me a 20-minute dance number. Like a song well, and dance well, number. Make it make it a proper musical. Make it a proper musical. That's, that's what we said about a previous episode of yeah. Footloose, isn't it? Is that we said actually what you if, said. You, if you just lean into it and make it into make it a proper musical, all of a sudden. You don't mind the movie taking a different direction. You don't mind a movie saying, actually, we're just going to pause and just have, as you say, 20-minute dance fest. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, I'm not, I you know, don't love musicals, but at least I can appreciate that this is the well, genre. if you did that, if fine. this was basically like a, a one-hour, 40-minute um, David Bowie music video, which, with Muppets, like... I think we would be talking about this as this wild thing they got away with. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like totally. this wild thing that totally. they managed to do. This thing that David Bowie did that made him like this icon, you know? And yep. they don't. Although he is doing the David Bowie thing. He's got kind of like the, you know, the very alt-rock sort of like look he's got in this. is very him uh, at certain points. Um, obviously, he's a fantastic singer. But like, why isn't he doing more of it? Why? Why is this not a? Da- Why is this a Jim Henson vehicle and not a David Bowie vehicle? I cannot. Yeah. I cannot fathom it. But then I have to. Well, I I do agree with what you're saying if you lean into it. But then I hated all of the singing. I hated all of the. I hated the opening music. I hated. It was just like. Yeah, but if that was David the movie, Bowie's, Sam, that would at least be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, but David Bowie is the lead. He 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 gets top billing. And straight away we get his. his and I, I like David Barry, but I I don't like any of these songs. I don't like I don't like the feel of them. I don't like the the emotion that comes out of this. And what are you left with? What are you left with? You're left with just as you say, like these piecemeal songs. It's not even and songs. I wouldn't have said like it's just like a couple of lines and. Can we talk about David Barry just as a? It's as serenading a, Sam. Is what it is. Oh. Is what is what he's doing? He kind of like floats in to sing a couple of lines to Jennifer Connelly, and oh. then he floats out again. And when it's he's like, singing at the end, when he's singing to her at the end, give me, so give me creepy. the Tim Curry in Muppets Treasure Island scene with <sighs> David Bowie. Give me all these goblins and him singing a song, a David Bowie style song about being the king of the goblins. Give me that, please, yep. God. And suddenly, like I said, we're talking about this absolutely wacky wild film that david bowie did and like 
wasn't he a guy who could have a bit of fun? Because otherwise, this stunt casting is pointless. It's literally just to get people. <laughs> it's literally just to get people to go to the cinema and be tricked and go and be like, "I was promised a David Bowie motion picture, and what I got was a Jim Henson fucking spaffing a load of money on brown puppets picture." Yeah. Yeah, which is just like it's just not where it's just not where you want to be, is it? It's not. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the lyrics. I'm trying to find the lyrics to these. I mean, let's. Well, there's other things you meant. You had a, you had a little list earlier of um, of 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 things that that came up, and yeah. So we kind of the have dog, like the, the the fire dance. The fucking I refer I to, to fast the fire that. dance was boring. The music was bad. Uh, the choreography was it. was poor. Uh, that went on for. I think that's when the movie. I mean, the movie had already lost me. That was a. Re- I just. I wasn't watching. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and and that's kind of endemic of this whole movie. Really, is just kind of like a lot of those scenes where you're like, eh, on to the next one. This isn't a hit. This isn't. It's like a sketch show. It's like, nah, next one, next one. This isn't doing it for me. Um, but you meet. Uh, so you've got the big bear type character uh, who's the teddy bear, and then they meet. And this this is why I said it's the Monty Python scene because he's guarding something, and it's the knights who say knee thing. It's like a ah, we're doing this again, this whole like thing, and it's this. And then he decides to go with them, and he's just then. And now this irritating character you've introduced is now just in the movie, and that's making it even more repulsive to me. I really hated this. I cannot stress enough how bored and irritated I was watching this movie. Like. Maybe as much as any movie we've ever done for the podcast. It 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 has that. I'd rather watch effect, a a Ross straight to fucking Netflix movie starring Ryan Gosling than this because at least there would be an attempt to make a movie in <laughs> See there. You next week? <laughs> no, it's my pick. My pick. So you fucking you need you need to bring us back from the brink of canceling this podcast because that's how that's how close I am to this. Right, I found it. So I'm just going to read some of this to you because I can't actually say it all. So this is David Bowie singing to a 15-year-old A girl. minor, a literal minor. How you turned my world, you precious thing. You starve and near exhaust me. Everything I've done for you, I move the stars for no one. You run so long, you run so far. Your eyes can be so cruel, just as I can be so cruel. Though I do believe in you, yes I do. I can't live within you, I can't live within you, I can't live within you. The song called Within You. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm Seinfeld stand up going, nope, that's me done. Because it's so fucking creepy. It's so weird. And I think the whole the whole David Bowie thing really is like... Again, though, Do you think Sam, it was... Do you, hold on, two seconds. Do you, think it, do you think it was deliberate? Do you think they knew what they were doing when, when, when they made this so overtly? I, I, I think it is... It has to be sexual, doesn't it? And there's a theme that runs through this. I movie. think on paper, on paper, you could it could maybe like it it could maybe appear to not be sexual because you're talking about this fantastic fantasy, like Fantasia type universe where you know he's the Goblin King. He's probably referred to Jareth the Goblin King, and Jareth. like God, and that's fine. And that's on the page. I imagine actually like his imagination of him being kind of like a an infantilized fantasy character as opposed to a fucking grown ass David Bowie at the height of his sexual yeah. powers like I think that the, the pro- on the page you could maybe be forgiven for thinking that all of this is quite playful and like silly 
because it's a car you know if it was imagine if it's a muppet suddenly it's like oh the muppet's in love with this with this girl and that's amusing but then suddenly it's david bowie and it's like this is creepy this is grooming this is creepy henson said david bowie embodies a certain maturity with his sexuality his disturbing aspect all of the sort of things that characterize the adult world and so i guess thematic i mean so there it is on paper thematically though i guess the movie's kind of trying really really labored uh, the really labored attempt to explore the fact that um sarah connelly's character is sarah connelly is that right something connelly it's not sarah connelly you're thinking of sarah connor's uh, We've got through this entire movie, and I was not exactly Jennifer Connelly. Jen- name, we have been saying name. Jennifer Connelly. It's just you. The actor name is just bleeding. The character's over. name is Sarah. That's why the character's name is. <laughs> is it? Okay. News yes, to my, me. <laughs> my dementia. Guess my what? Because there isn't a second character in this movie to refer to her by name in the entire thing. Exactly. So, so what was my point? Right. So yeah, we've got that creepy line from Henson about Barry's sexuality. I think there was an attempt to kind of like mirror. Her her movement from being a child into being a woman, and how that is, I, I, that's kind. There's kind of a feel of that, an impression. You can't of that. see it, but I don't it's think this so movie is competent done. enough to sell the things it's doing, let alone that. No, exactly. Whereas if they had, if they had a lost boy, Peter Pan type character who is age appropriate, they could explore that together, and that actually would be quite interesting. And you, you know, if, if you're watching it as a teenager, you'd be more compelled to be like oh look and i suppose i'm you also could do that. exploring girls you know and you boys could do and that, all that and stuff. bring bowie in as like the uh he's the old witch you know he's the he's the magician who sets all this in motion at the beginning and we see him once or twice like doing i don't know things you can still have david bowie on your fucking like movie poster and that's still going to get people With his in. horrible hair and makeup and costumes but like and all that all that is also still. like this is what annoys me about stunt casting because it happens all the time um and 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 largely when you do when you do this the movie's bad (laughs) that should be the lesson is that when you try and make a quick book by casting like a you know um a famous musician in your movie usually it's bad um i'm thinking of the uh the john carpenter i don't think john john carpenter was involved um the sequel to the james wood vampire movie uh stars john bon jovi in the (laughs) in the vampire hunter role um, but in that movie, like he's playing a role. Like the movie is there's a story. It's not good, but there's a story, and he is a vampire hunter. He's not just like in this David Bowie may as well just be David Bowie, you know. And there's like there's no attempt to build a story around him or make a film and be like David Bowie's in this film and get people in, and then they come in and be like, oh, well, I've been had because he's not really in this film, is he? And also it's shit. Yeah, and as much as actually, yeah. I think the critical reception of this was way more positive then than it is on our podcast right now. Um, it, well, it was it was mixed. It was mixed. Yeah. but I think yeah, definitely. But we, like, we, we have, there's we a have reason people this, so. didn't go out and watch this is because it's a hard watch, and if you're literally your money is talking, like you're not paying to go and see this. You're not certainly not taking your kids to it because they're going to no. be like. Daddy, Daddy, what's that man doing? And you're like, um, talk to me in 18 years, and I'll tell you then. Yeah. You know, Although come see me when you're 45 so years old, and I'll try and explain it then. I'll maybe have figured exactly. it out. Exactly, exactly. Now, I would like to talk 
about uh, I'd like to just draw us back and give us a little bit of comfort as we wrap up this episode and talk about Lord of the Rings oh there we go the porn parody or Lord of the Rings no moving on (laughs) the sweet sweet balm that is Lord of the Rings that gives us you know, it's just ah, da, 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 da. happy place. Everything's green and nice, and Sam's cutting the verge. And <laughs> Get Sam out! This is ruining it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no disgusting hobbits, out. thank you. I'll just look at the Shire and enjoy it without okay, all the hobbits yeah, and their yeah. fucking horrible toes. You, you've genocided all the hobbits. That's no, fine, as usual. Sam, <laughs> I've enclosed the land, much like the Highland clearances. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, we're not killing people. We're just killing people, so I'm just displacing them. <laughs> so we've displaced the hobbits. Now, Lord of the Rings is... <laughs> They're all in slums in is... fucking Bree. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. To, this is getting too to, far. Trying to fight, trying to fight the, the, the big folk for, uh, for, for scraps. Absolutely. What a, what a dark vision. What a dark vision. Um, I don't know, Lord of the Rings can be pretty dark anyway, to be fair. The Harrowing of the Shire, fair. like, this isn't any worse. Well, but, but Lord of the Rings is the best fantasy movie ever, fantasy series ever made. It's a remarkable achievement. Go listen to our Fellowship of the Ring podcast. Um, it's pretty good, actually, for an our, our going. And <laughs> what, what, what we've talked about there and what we talked about in Willow as well is the movement from 1980s and 1990s and to a lesser extent, seventies where they didn't really make movies like this, but in the eighties and nineties they made quite a lot of of like fantasy movies. We got things like um, uh, this uh, Krull, um, uh, Tom Cruise uh, Legend movie. We've got like there's there's you know Conan the Barbarian. There's all of this stuff that's kind of like there's a weird dark feel to it. Like fantasy is dark and it's it's an escapism that's quite um that isn't very comforting and i think this is a theory about how life was pretty great for you know a lot of people in the 80s and how not for everyone obviously but how for the you know the the hollywood elites the 80s was great and everything was good and they were making money and life was fantastic and so what do we need we need to escape into darkness we need to escape into a world where everything's kind of gonna creep us out a little bit Lord of the Rings comes on in the in the midst of you know like everything going to shit, <laughs> and obviously nine eleven is around then, and so what we get is Bing Bing Bing. Sam mentions nine eleven. Nine eleven. Drink. We get stories of hope. I'm 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 going to conclude in a second. <laughs> we get stories of hope, and we get stories of like fant- you know this is this is we're going to fight evil and we will prevail and destroy bin laden sorry sorry saron i think this movie is the ultimate 1980s dark fantasy movie this film is like the anti-lord of the rings that is right now maybe as we continue to live in the 20-year hellscape that lord of the rings began we're just not i just i just don't connect to you i just don't connect to you because life's pretty life's difficult enough I don't we've even know COVID, if it's that, Sam. We've had economic destruction, and what are we left with? We're left with David Barry being inappropriate to a teenager and brown sets. And I just don't... I just can't do it. The trouble, the, is, the trouble is, Give Sam, me the I don't think this is a good example because it's not good. No, and no, I think we, that, no, no, hear me out here. Hear me out work here. with me here. Work with no, me. No, listen on. to me. I think you made a really good point about movies in the 80s. 
I will say that I think that actually the the kind of dark escapism to this kind of like weird fantasy world um largely things end up okay there's kind of like that's the story that's the 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 hope in these movies is like um that it's all going to work out in the end but it is scary and it is dis- unsettling and it is it's a bit creepy sometimes but in a very unreal way um like you know what's scary in life usually is like not having the money to pay your bills looking at being homeless like you know, being ill from... Daily know, reality for many people. In, yeah, absolutely. In, in, or not being able to world. afford food and not being able to afford clothes. Like, being poor or, you know, mental health or, like, actual health, you know, being in the hospital because you're ill or anything like that. All of these things are scary because they're real. Um, and the things in movies like this, I'm not going to include this because I think this is trash of the fucking highest order. Um, <sighs> but, like, the, the general idea, if this was Alice in Wonderland, and Alice in Wonderland, in fact... The idea of that is kind of like it is escapism because these are never things that you're gonna. It's never a problem you're gonna have to deal with. No one's watching Alice in Wonderland and having trauma about that time they were kidnapped by the, you know, the playing cards, you know, the Queen of Hearts and whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? Because it's 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 super real. It's 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 a it's it's unreal in that way. Um, and then there is a trend in the eighties for movies like that. I mentioned Beetlejuice earlier because I think that's kind of like good example. It's nothing like this movie, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of going for the same thing that this movie just doesn't get there. But creepy, vaguely unsettling. Not like a slasher movie where you're jumping out of your seat and you throw your popcorn all over the cinema and all of that tropey nonsense. But like uncomfortable, I think is is a really good word that you've used a couple of times now. Um, like a really good w- w- word for that thing. This movie though. Honestly, I really struggled to look at the screen. You know, when you're like you've got your phone out and the phones are ruined. I don't know what I'd been reading the paper. I suppose in twenty years ago or whatever I'd have been doing, fucking <laughs> um, sending telegraphs. Whatever I'm doing, um, <laughs> but I, I just I was looking at my phone and I was like, and I, I wasn't pausing it, looking at the time because it really did feel like this movie went on forever. <laughs> but yeah, those times, yeah. Yeah, I was gone. bored. I was really bored. I wasn't interested. The colour palette, I think, that's such a... You mentioned about the sets all being polystyrene and rubbish. And they yeah. obviously, like, lovingly made all these all these puppets. And they're te- technically very impressive. But when you surround it with all this beige, literal cardboard sets and fucking, like, the cheapest, like, school play production levels of set design... And it's like you can have you can be the best puppeteer in the world, but this is a one hour and forty minute movie, and you've just you've not put the work in to make a movie. And there's two and a half humans in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I I think you're right. I I, I just want to I want to just I I do think that there is something. I think this movie is connected to the rest of those dark eighties fantasy because because of the feeling, because of that uncomfortableness, and that runs through all that. It's part know, of the trend. Movies like certainly. Like, Movies like Kroll, like, it's a weird, it's a weird fucking movie. It's a weird movie. Ooh, like it's like ooh, a bit like oh, what's going on? And that's fine. But I, 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 I think you're right. I think you're right that we, it, 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 you know, what what we want from our escapism is different now. It's different, and I think maybe the move to like ultra violence that we see in movies is because we kind of just like that's that's even further away from the reality because actual reality is 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 a little bit more scary yeah it's peak um, of peak of of the western white world which was 1985 <laughs> or whatever this was it's always funny what what is um in vogue and what what doesn't take I and mean, you remember just after the pandemic um 
dating ourselves here. The, the, the 2021 pandemic, not whatever future <laughs> yeah, pandemic yeah. there might be. 2020, actually, yeah. But yes, 2020 yeah. pandemic, sorry. Not not any future pandemics that I'm sure we're, we're just on the case, cusp of. Just in case, just going to... Yeah. <laughs> um, just going to... Are you are you out yourself as a time traveler, Dave? Is that what's going on here, or what's happening? No, Sam, I'm Should just I? a realist. Um, Tell me which companies I should invest in because I I missed the boat on Zoom. I didn't invest anything in face masks. Uh, what have I got? What what do we well, need to? Where, where should I put my money? Uh, Netflix, you've really missed the boat on that. Bitcoin would have been a good one. I'm saying if there's a future pandemic and you're a time traveller from the future, tell me what the problem's going to be. Can no, I just don't ask tell a question? You can't like break a, the timeline. A literal question here, right? Go. Ask yourself, if I was a time traveller, why on earth would I be sat here on a Tuesday evening talking to you about <laughs> Labyrinth? Not even talking to you and doing the podcast, Sam, but why would I be here talking about Labyrinth? If I was a time traveller and I could go back in time and stop myself having watched this movie, done absolutely done i will break the space-time continuum to have not seen this movie i hated it that much like not even in a fun way this was just bad you know that is an amazing sentence it's just i think and you know what it is sam it annoys me because i fucking love weird 80s movies that like exactly you know stuff like this where it's low budget i love practical effects i love puppets listen to our back catalogue i fucking love puppets in movies i do i really really do i love practical Um, effects i love pre-cg fantasy movies because it's basically all people in fucking cosplay outfits it's fantastic but this and there's so much potential this is a muppets episode and a bad muppets episode at that yeah there's so much potential and there's so much weirdness and that is that's that's the overriding thing isn't it it's too weird it's just too weird that you can't get around it. I don't think I they'll land the. I, I don't think they land the weirdness. Interesting, in my like, like think about it though, because we talked about this before. But most of you know when you when you're looking through a, a movie podcast uh, back catalog and you say, oh, they did uh, uh, what do you call it, um, labyrinth, and you're like, great, I like that movie. I'm going to download and listen to it. And then, and then the two idiot hosts, as we are, spend the entire time trashing it. So I I, I would genuinely be interested in hearing like what. Why do you like this? Like, what is it that what is it that connects for you that we have just completely missed? Because I, I think there is a lot. There is a lot of potential here. This is this is my final point. There is a lot of potential, and that's often what I find really, really frustrating about movies. Is if a movie's just shit, that's fine. But when you when you've got all of twenty five million dollars worth of puppets, basically, and whatever David Bowie's paid, like you could do a lot with that. You could create that. You could give us a story that would be interesting, but I could care about, and then we could maybe justify all of these puppets. And that is what I find so annoying, is that it completely misses the boat, despite having quite a lot of potential. And I suspect, and um, I'd love to be proven wrong, uh, if anyone is, in fact, listening to this, and, you know, there's not another... And if, you, if there is another pandemic going on, that's by the by, I suppose, but you'll have some time. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're a time traveler from the future, so, I mean, tell me that. Tell me where. back in time to do this podcast. Where shall I, um, where shall I put my money? I'd go back to 1985, and I would make them make this movie better, uh, or just burn all the reels before it hit the cinema. How would you do that? Tell me how you'd do that. I've told you how I'd make this movie better, Sam. 
No, no, no. But how are you going to influence Jim Henson and George Lucas? It's very simple, Sam. Night- I'm a time traveller. I'm going to time travel to his house in the middle of the night and put a gun to his head. Very straightforward. The old horse's head in the bed situation. Very effective. Okay. When you're a time traveller, Sam, you can't be caught. I'll just travel in time and I'll be gone. So, uh, hi guys. Mr. Henson's come in and has said that we need to destroy all of the sets. We're recasting David Bowie somehow. And also, about seventy percent of the puppets are getting destroyed. So, if you could get get that done by lunch, that'd be great. Do not ask Mr. Henson any questions. Do not look him in the eye, and certainly, certainly don't question the uh, the bearded man dressed in a spacesuit that is uh, currently walking very close behind him. Okay, I would. That's it, the, the way I look, Sam, I would almost certainly be arrested for vagrancy in nineteen eighty five. Like <laughs> almost right. certainly. Um, yeah, but no, this movie was was poor. But I think that a lot of people's nostalgia for this movie, I think, is usually the overriding factor, because actually, imagination is one hell of a drug. Uh, and if you watch this as a kid, and you kind of got that, and we've all done this, like this half remembered, like memory it's... of a movie that you haven't seen in twenty twenty five years, like you might remember it being this like amazing like cerebral adventure that made you think and it's all these exciting things and this great looking and obviously this movie you'd have to be blind as well but like great looking like <laughs> environments and you really can and you go back and watch it as an adult and you're like oh it's like just really tr- cheap and crap but when it hits you and i think it's very difficult to separate those feelings as an adult and that's maybe it's... a lot of the reason and even on a rewatch but because i've watched this now for the first time at age There's 32 nothing. and i have a Easy. movie podcast like it, 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 I'm probably coming it's, it's, at it from the wrong place. Yeah, yeah, you are. But it's exactly what we started with, which is this is the ultimate. This is the ultimate nostalgia factory movie. The nostalgia factory is chugging away, chug, chug, chug. Oh my god, go. it's on fire! They're all dead. They're all puppets for some reason and somehow. Shovel my more god. Coal in, but sir, do it. <laughs> like that's where we're at, isn't it? And that's. I do like doing the That's podcast though because we can we can we can bust these movies. It's a shame Ross isn't on because I think Ross uh, Ross's wife recommended this. Uh, Amy, there's a it's going to be yeah, some words had. Uh, it's really seriously like I'm. I think that's why he's not on. I think Ross is going to mention this up. in his divorce filing. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, and that's sorry. fair. Sorry, uh, sorry, guys. Really sorry. About it that. is what it is. You had a good run. You had a good run. You had some good, <laughs> some fun times. You watched some good movies, and, and then unfortunately, you watched this movie. Ended by David Bowie's hairpiece. That's a way to go. <laughs> it is bad, isn't it? That hairpiece. Ooh. It's really bad. Jesus. This, the, God, there's so much we haven't talked about. <laughs> there's so much we haven't talked about. Do you about. think that, I mean, um, just... last thing, do you think that David Bowie just showed up on set just wearing whatever he, he wanted to wear and they were like, great, that'll do. All right, skip, skip, skip wardrobe. David's ready. He's ready. No worries. He's fine. No, no. David, can someone take off some mascara like before we start filming? There's too much mascara. Did you? Is that is that is that right? I mean, wow. Okay, David. I mean, that's uh, that's that's. Fine. Is it us? Is it that's us fine. that's joked about um, Helena Bonham Carter just showing up on set and they just film her in whatever she happens to be wearing that day? Yeah, exactly. Uh, is it us who's exactly. made that joke before? Like, yeah. I, 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 and Johnny Depp is the I'm, same. Uh, and I would include David Bowie in that, like, uh, in that company of people who just show up on set wearing their normal day-to-day clothes and they just film yeah. them. I know, and this is a podcast that's going to go on and on forever, but I really just have to, this is one I'm just looking through <laughs> the WhatsApp, because there's just one more thing, one more thing. I just, I can't believe that this is a line. 
Come on, feet. <laughs> Do you know why you've forgotten, Sam? Because it's like the second line in the movie. It's like, she's like, no, honestly, it's like, right, I'm in a labyrinth. I've had this whole creepy thing. And she goes, oh, come on, feet, let's go. And you're like, what the ever-living fuck are we doing? What is the tone of this <laughs> Who movie? Who are you talking to? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Have, has anyone ever <laughs> addressed their own feet? Has everyone ever said, come on, what, let, come on let's feet. do it, foot. Come on, <laughs> come, come on, toes. Feet. You should title this episode, Come on, Feet. Come on, Feet. <laughs> no, 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 no. Quentin Tarantino has Ooh. suddenly tuned in. <laughs> it's come up in his search terms. Say. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no.